0: Welcome to Only Fools and Brotherly Forces episode four. Um second time around is this episode. Um a little bit excited for this one?
1: Yeah, I think so. It's got a lot of again, a lot of firsts, a lot of fun stuff in it. All these uh, early episodes are uh, you know, setting loads of cool precedents so that there's always loads to talk about and loads to enjoy.
0: I just I just had a really quick um scroll through the next two episodes. I was just checking something up for a bit of of, of research. And it's funny actually, I, I have a lot of preconceptions about the episodes um, just from the title, but actually when I flip through even the next two, there's so much in there just scene by scene that I completely forgot about again. And it just seems with every episode I'm really re-enjoying really them, because I think I know it all really well, and I have seen them all ten times, but actually watching it again and again and concentrating i know we've discussed this before there's so much in there that i just have forgotten it must have really been a few years since i watched them all and it's um great reliving them
1: yeah i think it's very easy when you've seen them so many times to kind of just you're almost on autopilot when you're watching them and obviously going through them in the way that we're doing is really making us re them and of, and of course we're picking out loads of, sort of new nuances and stuff and uh and it's great i'm really enjoying it um we should also make a, a quick reference to the fact that uh, this being episode four, um, we are releasing the first three episodes all at once, so I'm guessing this is going to be the first time that there are going to be people out there who actually went to the effort of subscribing to our podcast and have waited patiently for a week for this episode to come out. Um, so to those people, thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, I hope it's worth the wait. For sure. Um, I was just I was just thinking about that. Um, one of our good friends who we've always discussed many um, fours and falls horses with we've been chatting to him and, and playing and some of the stuff and, and sharing some ideas with him um, we were talking about how you might interact with a podcast I mean i would listened to a couple of other podcasts from from different series and some of them uh, maybe you, you don't doesn't inspire you to watch it again but then maybe them you want to watch it again and you want to see what's happening or you might want to go as far as watching it in advance to the episode or what I th- what we discussed was probably the best option um, for me personally uh, would be to watch it after the episode, especially for some of the um, points that are drawn out from the podcast that I hadn't thought about in other episodes to then re-watch that back and see it is, is really interesting. So maybe some of you are, are doing that um, and I'm ho- hopefully it's uh,
1: reliving some of those great memories for you. Yeah this is a problem I've had before listening to other podcasts. I'm never sure if I'm meant to be watching the episode before listening to the podcast afterwards during or sometimes you don't even have to at all because while going through it you hear some of the best bits and maybe you replay it in your head and that's enough. Um but so yeah it'd be interesting to find out what other people are doing out there. Definitely let us know and uh we'll see what the general consensus seems to be.
0: Yeah I think I think moving forward as we get a bit more interaction with our with the audience as well um I was sure that you can tell us some things in, in episodes coming up and then we can quote those as well. We're not obviously in, infallible, but I'm sure there's lots of things which aren't uh, in, our, in our scope. So it'd be good to have a bit of uh,
1: participation as well. Absolutely. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode.
0: Stick a
1: pony in pocket, I'll fetch the suitcase. As I said second time around uh really great opening on this one it's the first time I think that we um, re- we see them properly fly pitching and market trading uh, to just punters um it's cool it's really fun it's obviously something we see a lot of um, but it has taken to episode four for us to see it
0: it's fun. I think it's quite interesting I, I didn't write too much about this but I did feel that Rodney was very outgoing and quite confident in this whereas he I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because he comes across later as much shyer um, in the series. In the series is, um, but in these first series, he actually is quite a brash, confident, outspoken, and loud person, um, and that comes across in this fly pitching. Whereas I think that as his character matures, I think he becomes a bit more timid and quiet, especially towards like the Cassandra sort of time.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's definitely true. I, this whole episode for me despite it being about Dell, is actually a Rodney episode. I think he flourishes like Nicholas and Hurst. I think we'll talk about it throughout the episode. It's awesome for me, it's his best episode. And yeah, you you're right, Rodney is he's brave, he's a good salesman, and as we know later on in the in the show, he gets demoted to lookout. Um but here he is selling alongside Dell, you know, offering one for twos, which is obviously the type of bargain you'll only get on on the market. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think that the one thing uh, thing I did pick out from this little scene was uh, Del Boy said he was going to go get something for his Hobsons, uh, uh, as in using Cockney rhyming slang, and I had no idea what that was. Um, I actually didn't pick that up. So this is something we've thought about maybe doing, this is the first time we're going to do it, and this explains some Cockney rhyming slang. So uh, this particular rhyming slang is Hobson's choice for voice. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's a movie from 1954. Um, but there's, there's also an earlier reference uh, as well. That's a movie based on a on a previous reference from I think like the 16th century.
0: That's a very in depth analogy about the uh, <laughs>
1: about that Coltony
0: rhyming slam. There, good one.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it just I i no, I had no idea what it was, and I imagine lots of other people didn't because so many of them are obvious. Um, the only other thing which that I picked up in this scene was. Del Boy Surprise at Rodney asking for Pork Scratchings. Now, for me, Pork Scratchings is the ultimate standard pub snack. His reaction, for me, is strange.
0: I'm, I made a mental note of it. Um, I don't know if it's just uh, at some point Pork Scratchings must have come out and have been a thing, and at some point they weren't a thing. So maybe in 1981, that was when Pork Scratchings first started hitting the market. Brand new. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I thought maybe that was the case as well. I'd be interested to know from people who were hitting the pubs in 1981 uh, if they were new then, or maybe it, it's just the opportunity to make a joke. So I'm sure we can do do a bit of research on that. Maybe we'll come back to you. <laughs> so the, the, the hit the exit. He hits the exit. even, Dell and uh, orders one of his exotic cocktails again, this time a blackened Pernod, or Perno, to anyone who isn't a Muppet.
0: Not sure it goes as far as to say an exotic cocktail.
1: Well, I mean it's I wouldn't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> you never had blackcurrant perno? I'm not a fan of Perno, so no.
0: No, neither am I, but I have had it precisely just to try it because of that very episode, and it isn't nice. Uh,
1: and yet Joyce again behind the bar in a pos. I mean before we had the, the was it leopard or cheetah print low cut top, tonight we've got a leather tight boob job. Possibly worse, certainly equally as bad. Um, I mean, the person in charge of her wardrobe is either a genius or a complete nutter. I can't quite work out which. And so, yeah. So the as we kind of really jump into the the plot here, the idea they're trying to set up is uh, they've spotted one of Delboy's ex-fiancées. To which Delboy replies, "Which one?" to insinuate that he's had many, and this is the first time that this is mentioned as an idea. Um, but it's, this is certainly a running thre- theme throughout the series. As Delboy gets engaged a lot. And yeah, this fiance is
0: Pauline. And um, just before we, we get to Pauline, just that, that interaction between um, Roger Lloyd-Pack and David Jason at the bar, I think this is a real good testament to David Jason's acting. I don't know if you noticed it, but he it, it really does have a lot of talent as an actor. And, and again, it's something that you don't necessarily pick up on a lot, but his, his prowess is is really, really good. His background was in stage acting and so on, and he's very confident in doing many different styles. And just in this very short scene, he comes into the bar, really, really joking and jovial as he is. He then doesn't believe what Trigg's saying. He then shows that he's stunned because it is Pauline. He then shows that he's shy. Later on, he's angry with Dale. He's then, um, sorry, with Nordney. He's completely polite as well and then nervous, and then he's a bit wet. And there are so many different. Um, acting pieces in this all of them completely believable the physicality of his acting during this sort of bit when he's like you know giving it the geezer sort of thing and then when he's feeling nervous about seeing pauline and sort of you know tighten himself up it's all complete. it's all so believable and um i, I just thought it was really interesting um as to as to his his actual ability as an
1: actor there and i thought that short bit really showed it off i think he's he's full body isn't he which is what For makes sure. it really great uh he you know he, his arms his face everything like he, he lives every uh, every emotion that's always fun uh, the emotion for seeing pauline as you say is is shock followed by um opportunity i think he uh, wants the chance to have another crack uh i mean he he he's warned off her straight away by trigger that she's up to no good she was a, a trouble the first time she'll be even bigger trouble this time and this is a running theme when Rodney turns up a minute later, he is instantly hostile, very hostile towards Pauline. Rodney's genuinely intimidating. Actually, when he turns up, you know he's standing. He's he's a tall guy, and he's always been. I've always thought of him as kind of lanky and stuff. But he sort of stands at the table, looking very unimpressed at Pauline. And yeah, but Del is not having, not heeding any of this advice. Len, on all the moves.
0: Pauline initially comes across really nice. I think, as she's almost certainly written and intended to do so. She looks um, nice and uh, there really is a joke a minute sort of strategy um, going on as soon as he sits down. I was laughing like a good two minutes before Rodney came in, thinking it was hilarious. And then, yeah, Rodney comes in and, and obviously isn't very, uh, very happy about it. He gives one of my probably favourite quotes um, or favourite jokes of the episode, which is this one. About
1: that, Isn't that a shame, eh, Rodney? You know, she had two husbands die on her. Yeah, one well, more, she keeps a match ball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that
0: that really made me chuckle. Um, which is reference to obviously two of her husbands uh, popping their clogs in the last um, in the last few years, really. So he's not fairly insensitive uh, to that, but he's clearly got a good memory of Dell being um, messed about in the past.
1: Well, this is the thing. I mean, Dell tries to say he's shrewd and he's all over it. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's a ladies' man. He can keep his cool, but the warning signs are everywhere. He's and he's just completely ignoring them. And, um, you know, before you know it, they're back at the flat and Grandad and Rodney are talking about Pauline and talking about how much trouble she is. I think Grandad has a lovely little monologue where he talks about Dell. I think it's brilliant. It's probably the longest one we've had from him so far. Uh, there's a great reference to um, him saying he... Gives to the church, particularly he gave to the church to help replace um, uh, in a fund for a new roof yep. after it was him that nicked the old one, which is, of course, an idea which they then used to re- make a whole episode on in uh, Series 5, Episode 2, The Miracle of Peckham. Yep. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the, that whole thing is, is great. It's a real chance you get to see sort of some grandad's emotions and it's the first time you see his affection, I think, for Dell. Uh, which of course we know there's a lot of, but so far the only thing we've ever seen Grandad do is moan or take the piss. This is the first time that we have a bit of a, a softer moment. I think it's nice.
0: I think actually, I'm not sure we've even quoted Grandad so far, so I think it'd be only fair to to play um, one of the quotes from that little bit there, just one of the punchline. Up till then he was always a strong believer in gold and all that. I mean, he didn't go
1: to church nor nothing. No, didn't carry it to ridiculous lengths.
0: <laughs> but he always gave the church a good few quid towards their fund for a new roof. He said it was a penance, seeing as I was in what Nick the old one. <laughs> yeah, Leonard's Pierce delivery is, is is always great. His jokes are sometimes completely not. Uh, force and very very natural and and um, almost like an innocence and stupidity about them and delivers them brilliantly every time
1: I find this is actually something David Jason talked about in his autobiography he him and Rodney well him and Nicholas Inhurst almost found it frustrating in the first series that so many of the time they would have these long elaborate jokes and then Granddad would just be given this one banging line that would send the audience into 10 times more laughter than all the jokes they'd made all episode and they were just like what the hell what have you got to do like he just every he doesn't always have a lot to do but he does everything brilliantly and he always gets a great laugh and apparently he used to say to david jason well you know i'm a he basically said i'm only an old aid pensioner he deserves those easy laughs um but i mean what what talent that man is
0: it's something I've been wanting to mention for a little while but wasn't sure when it would naturally creep in. Um, but Leonard Pierce is actually obscenely posh. I don't know if you actually have ever heard him speak, uh, yourself, Bobby, or, or, or any of the listeners. Um, but it is insanely well spoken, as well as Nicholas Lyndhurst who is also crazily posh. Very very little um uh, interviews have ever really been done with either of them. Nicholas Lyndhurst is is actually famously shy and doesn't like doing um, interviews and it's really hard to find any with him. Um, but the couple I have found and listened to, both of them are just just very 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 well spoken. Oh yes, darling. Blah blah blah. Kind of almost almost that far. And to think how well they pull off these Cockney accents, especially Grandad, adding in this like huskiness and being a proper old Londoner. Again, testament to their acting ability. I think. Uh, I think there's a, a huge contrast between themselves personally
1: and the actors they're portraying um, in the episodes. It only works if it's genuine, and I don't think anyone ever really doubts them for a second. They just—they both put it off for sure. Back to the episode. We're we're
0: digressing a lot a, a lot today.
1: But so they'll they'll come home drunk again. Um, not more great drunk, uh, David Jason. We love this. And soon it turns out that he's got re-engaged to Pauline, and before you know it, Pauline is moving in with them. This is great. I mean, w- once Pauline comes in to live with them, you really see what they were worrying about and what they were complaining about. I mean, she comes off like now. Now they turn the bitch up.
0: Well, I actually have the, my note says straight into bitch mode. Funny enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the first <laughs> scene is her their feet up doing her nails. And I basically want to slap her already before she's even opened her mouth.
1: Yeah, she just looks like she's queen of this little castle that she's just moved into, and yeah, she's horrible. And like the the bit where um, she's complaining about Granddad nibbling all day, so she takes away he she takes away his teeth apart from at meal times. Now, how how the hell do you take away someone's false teeth without <laughs> them letting you? This how did that's my mind. That's not possible.
0: How do you do it? <laughs> I thought I thought maybe she would like sneak in at night and take them while they were soaking or whatever, but then once she gave them back to him, she then have to either prize them from the mouth. But she probably just, just made some sort of horrible threat.
1: With the amount of attention she's put into her nails, I can't imagine that she's going in hands first and clawing <laughs> the teeth out of Grandad's mouth. I can't see that happening. I can't imagine Grandad's mouth is a place you want to put any hand. Let alone her perfectly preened one.
0: We've almost gone over one of uh, Dale's famous French phrases, uh, which is pas de Calais, which is quite simply just a, a former administrative regent of France. Nothing too, yeah. uh, too crazy there. And um, we see that Dale's pretty much on a short leash. Um, quite quickly, she mentions about. Um, Cleaning the table and Rodney's saying make his souls souls and she's like Dell, and he then follows through with her and, and he, she's clearly wearing the trousers very quickly.
1: Yeah, I, the one thing I, I, the one thing we get that's kind of outside the episode here, but it was a fun little piece of world building, is when um, they're talking about maybe buying a house together to get away from the flat because she hates the flat, and uh, she and Dell says he, he, he can't buy a house and we'll, we'll quote this. Well, me buy a house. No, no, I couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Don't no, you see that? As soon as I put my
0: signature on a document, the authorities are going to know that I'm alive. Oh.
1: <laughs> and yeah, and the, and that's kind of classic. What we've what we've come to learn about Dell is he's completely off grid. Um, and then, of course, this is her opportunity to be all sneaky and basically have a house that Dell pays pays for in her name. She's then asking about life insurance. I mean, she's she's very not subtle. I was curious as
0: to what the The real intentions of this are supposed to be in terms of how it's written. I mean, is she actually killing them off?
1: They do never address this.
0: It, uh, the fact that she's saying, "Let's get life insurance straight away." I mean, you never know, and it's not never needed to be addressed. But did we wonder is she actually killing these guys? Is it just bad luck? She doesn't seem that upset or depressed. She's
1: definitely killing them off. I I, I am one hundred percent in the Black Widow camp. I don't, I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. Um, d- one last thing from this scene is another tea spill. Do you, did you spot the tea spill? Yeah, yeah. when the doll is um, there, she, she's going into the bedroom, she's saying she wants an early night, and then the grandmother oh, yeah. taking the piss and saying he's under the thumb. Yeah, he, yeah, get, yeah. he gets pulled into the bedroom and spills his <laughs> tea everywhere. So that's, I think, three out of four episodes, tea spilling slapstick.
0: That is... Great, maybe we should keep a tally on there. (laughs) We should So before to the next day uh, They're all in the living room And um, Rodney needs to go and get Del out of bed And Pauline uh, again bitchingly says That he's not allowed into his own uh, old mother's room Which is very unfair Uh, And then through a little exchange Comes up with uh, this rather awesome quote from Rodney At your age
1: Rodney why don't you bike it, you old bag? <laughs> um,
0: which isn't his first or last reference to her being some sort of a Germanic Fuhrer. Um, and again, comes up with another one later. But a great, a great quote there.
1: Not not the first time we've heard Yavol either, if we remember from uh, Go West Young Men. When Del Boy says Yavol. Yeah, <laughs>
0: OK, good. we will keep a tally of all of Yavols as well.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the only two, but I just found it interesting. <laughs> It's it's two more than you'd expect.
0: I can say one more already
1: uh, in From Prussia With Love. Yeah, we're going to have to wait and see on that. That's a long way in the future. But OK. So yeah, so she leaves the room to go and get Del. Now, at this point, uh, Rodney and Grandad begin to have an exchange about how uh, Del Boy's tummy's been a bit bad, you know, even though he's eaten all this food that Pauline's cooking for her, which is basically setting up this poisoning idea. I kind of feel like they're setting it up for the audience. However seconds later trigger calls in what phones them up to tell Dell um that it turns out one of Pauline's previous husbands was poisoned now this is something which we find out later that granddad and Rodney already set up so for them to then be talking casually about the poisoning thing before i don't know i think continuity wise it it doesn't work like they've already set this up they've already made they've already spoke to trigger and told them to make the phone call and it's not true so it's a bit weird
0: I think maybe retrospectively that may be so, but I think it's just planting a seed for an idea. Um, you know, The audience is maybe thinking that she's killing them off and trying to think about ways it might happen. It, the idea to call Trigger might be off the back of a, a, a possible concern or theory as to whether she is killing them off.
1: I, I'm not sure. Yeah, because they admit later that they put Trigger up to it and it was a joke, but then there's this conversation which makes you wonder... Were they seriously considering it or what? But as we said before, we'll never know if she was actually doing it or not. Um, so, when Delboy hears from Trigger about the poisoning of her previous husband, that's enough for him to finally get the um, finally get the hint, and they will scarper to some poor old dear's flat. This is a weird scene, um, but it's funny. Um, I don't know there's quite a lot to it but at the same point I don't really have so much to say the weirdest thing I found about this is when they discover that what they thought was their old auntie's house where they'd come to stay basically invited themselves in and eaten all her food they then figure out that this isn't actually her she moved many years ago and this is just some poor old biddy um, they they admit it very loudly <laughs> That's one thing I found when they said Auntie Joan has moved.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But <laughs> She she hears that. That's that's very standard, isn't it? It's like it's almost like it's gonna you know, I can't actually whisper it and get a boom mic in there to like uh No, but I mean he
1: on. is basically sh- shouting it at her, but they get away with it. Um there's also a French phrase in there as well, isn't there?
0: We get two French phrases. I'll give you a double ding for this one. Ding ding. Uh we get uh Champs elysees um which is again another subdivision or an avenue of Paris, A bit random. And then um ever so slightly later he says um, an air d'etre, which I believe is way of life.
1: Yes. The one other thing I point out, of course, is is the house. I mean this is another one of those just classic eighties old person houses. We seem to have had several of these. Um it's just very yellow and brown um it reminds me a lot of our nan's house yeah yeah. Uh, i mean it's just and and she's very much of that ilk as well um but i just found that quite quaint and brought back little memories for me
0: they've done done pretty well actually just i was just thinking before we go into it i was thinking how could you actually pull that off i mean could you just find some old biddy you know see her in the shops every day she's probably a couple of couple of um sultanas short of a fruitcake and uh and just sort of buy, like, say, oh, hi, auntie, how you doing? And get a cup of three nights, kip, get a bit of food. Definitely. That's doable, surely.
1: Old women get like, I like the classic uh, targets for, for swindlers for that very reason is, of course, they're the easiest to con. Certainly not something we'd encourage, dear no, no, I mean, I'm not <laughs> talking about actually going out and doing it, I'm just saying feasibly. You <laughs> yeah, know, no, you, you definitely you, could. You
0: could. You could probably could just go for it. Absolutely. I don't want to do it mess anyone
1: over (laughs) Uh, but anyway so we go to the final scene and sort of return back to the house expecting to find a I don't know it sounds like they're expecting to find a standing by the door with a machine gun or some other weapon Um, this is a moment where we see Del being much less brave Uh, maybe it's because he is the direct target of whatever wrath they might encounter in the flat but he sends in Rodney and Grandad to go and have a look round and see if they can find her while he hides behind the door,
0: I think my note says Dale sacrifices Granddad and
1: Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, It's very much like you boys grow over the top. I'll I'll hold the fort.
0: There's a tiny little. Um, we don't normally go into the sort of mistakes, but just if you do watch this episode after, like we we're talking about, you can see a tiny little thing here that I saw sort of mentioned. It was really hard to see. Um, Leonard Pierce uh, is waiting for his cue. Um, once Dell does walk in and you can see him just standing by the doorway. I don't think we'll do too many of these, but just as we've spoken about possibly watching the episode before and after, if you are watching it after, have a little look. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. Um, so they find the note from her uh, that she's left out basically having a bit of a pop. Um, there's a really cool heartfelt moment in here, which I like. So after reading the note and, you know, realising that, there's a lot of animosity there. Rodney then actually asks very sweetly and honestly, "You know, did she mean that much to you? Yeah, well, did Pauline really mean that much to you? Hmm? Nah, nah, <laughs> not really. Nah, somehow it wasn't quite the same. Sometimes I think I'm not really cut out for this falling in love lark. Um, and and it's a good it's a good emotional little scene. um and it's nice to see them kind of coming together. I thought that was well done, and I think they do a lot of that in the future. There's some of that kind of affection there.
0: And then we find out that Rodney very openly quickly comes and says that, obviously, they put a trigger up to it, and for a split second you think Dell's going to lose his mind, but actually breaks into laughter, and it's quite a funny moment. We'll play that as well.
1: You was only thinking of me, you... Couple
0: of rascals. Rawr- <laughs> what am I going to do with you two? Hey, eh? hey, what am I going to do with you? Well,
1: I got your yeah. Stuck, didn't it?
0: Yeah, we're all on our own. We don't need no birds. No, no, <laughs>
1: Not If you say so, Granddad. The interesting. Uh, I was. I was going to try and work it out, but I literally found it impossible. Was to try to work out what phone bill that would be.
0: I actually have that.
1: Really? Because I, yes. I worked out to be about five thousand minutes.
0: I did so much research on this it's not even funny I,
1: I had a feeling you might go further down the rabbit hole than I did
0: yeah so um, obviously we turned to Granddad, and he said there's a funny voice on there and it turns out that the, the phone calls to America and we should probably close off the scene before I go into this <laughs> rather yeah. ridiculous um, thing she only
1: found a talking clock in America and she?
0: <laughs> connected to America it's amazing isn't it <laughs> And all oh, very hilarity, end of the scene. So, a curious to how much it would cost because, uh, through a, a, a rough mind calculation, I thought it would be ridiculous. Mm. Um, uh, going by, I actually went through really, really old, like BT, cool register, uh, cool costings for like internationals wow. and stuff from like 1980, like searching through PDFs. It was, it was <laughs> obscene. Um, funny enough, um, the The difference in the cost probably actually isn't that much difference, but obviously the, the 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 value of currency has changed. So I anticipated that it was probably about twenty or thirty p a minute to call America. I don't know what the premium would be for the speaking cock if it's much more clock. I just said cock. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what the premium would be for the speaking clock. Um, but let, let's assume twenty p a minute talking about fourteen hundred and forty minutes in a day over four days um and that is going to come to 1152 pounds however using the inflation calculator which is something nice. else i happened to stumble yeah, across yeah, um it turns out to be more like 3000 uh, pounds in today's money I-, I would probably inflate that slightly i would say it's probably closer to 4000 um pounds by today's Today's standards which is which is an obscene amount of money for them they do you think they sold their whole worldly possessions to get two thousand in the last episode? It was probably twice that, so I imagine it would bankrupt them
1: yeah, well, I think what we've learned from this is you clearly didn't have a child this week and have far <laughs> much more time on your hands than I have <laughs>
0: Yes, clearly the. <laughs>
1: What do you think of the episode as a whole? Um,
0: again, really liked it. Um, I think it's just, you go into the episodes and there's something that you don't like or a character you don't like, like Pauline. Like you said at the end of the last our last podcast, you weren't looking forward to hearing from her. And then actually watch it. Oh, the, the start was great. I thought it was hilarious. Pauline is actually a really good character. And again, loved it to pieces. I, I'm actually really struggling to knock down any episodes so far now i thought that of the next episode which is um a slow bus to chingford and as i said i really quickly just glazed over a couple of scenes and remembered stuff again and i don't know i don't i
1: think i'm gonna to struggle to knock any of them down there needs to be something negative we need to draw on surely I, I i thought this was like like i said last week i wasn't looking forward to it as much but i did really enjoy it as i said at the start i thought Nick Linhouse's Rodney was this was such a good episode for him we haven't actually touched on that many of his of his punchlines because they're all very witty and and they kind of revolve around the conversation so they're very hard to just kind of snapshot whether anyone who's just watched the episode or about to watch the episode you can see I just think he's wicked I think he's got loads of laughs and he just delivers lines brilliantly all throughout the episode um and I think that was that was my highlight for the episode was just that performance, uh, I really enjoyed it. It made me crack up so many times. Um, and overall, it was, a, it was a good episode. It was fun. So as so I said, next episode,
0: Slowbust to Chingford. Um, another classic. They're all classics, really. Everyone for probably the first three series is classics. We'll probably say that every episode, I imagine, needs to stop saying classic. Classic.
1: <laughs> so as we talked about at the start of the episode, it's great if uh, people can get in touch and give us their feedback and stuff. There's loads of ways to get in touch with us. You can um, email us at OnlyFoolsBrothers at gmail.com. We're also at Facebook.com forward slash OnlyFoolsBrothers. And finally, catch us on Twitter for little funny bits and pieces um, at OnlyFoolsBros is the handle there.
0: Awesome. There was actually not a single piece of music uh, in this episode, so nothing I could really um, grab. So what I've done is I just had a little cheeky look around for something topical and found Shalimar. Uh, The second time around, which is an old-school, kind of great-sounding disco tune. So we'll play you that as our outro today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much.